Welcome to School of PE Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller, and I'm so glad that you could join me this week. We are going to discuss topics about FE, PE, and SE, and we're also going to answer questions that will help students prepare for their exams. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the School of PE's weekly podcast. I got a special guest with me today, Isaac Oakson from the Civil Engineering Academy. So please welcome him, and he'll kind of give you a little bit about it. But I'm sure a lot of you guys probably already know who he is. So Isaac, thanks for joining us today. Man, you act like I'm a celebrity. I'm not, <laughs> not a celebrity, man. Uh, Chris, it's good to be here. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm part of the Civil Engineering Academy. It's something I, you know, I share with School of PE is kind of how we. I started this thing, but really just a guy in the trenches trying to help people, uh, help the, help them on their exams, and started Civil Engineering Academy to help help them do that. So. It's been a fun journey. Uh, it's taken me a lot of different places and interviewing a lot of different people. And uh, we, we always try to stay on top of the exams because that's the main topic. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the background of me. I am a practicing engineer as well. I actually um, have been in the utility world, the energy sector for my career. And I actually practice doing transmission engineering design, which a lot of engineers don't even know that's a discipline or an area of focus that they can go into. But I can tell you, it's it's a good one. Um, it's pretty lucrative too. So if, you know, if I could pitch any engineers debating on what they want to do in their career, it might be a good route. <laughs> Sounds good. But Isaac, again, hey, thanks for uh, you know taking some time out to come and chat with us. Um, you know, a big topic out there in the engineering world, at least for the civils, is um, bye bye paper and pencil and welcome to the CBT. So it looks like the granddaddy of them all had finally made the transition to the CBT, the computer base. So let me ask you, I mean, why the change you think from paper and pencil to CBT to, in the first place? Um, I think there's a variety of reasons. And um, well, obviously I think that the top one is, um, well, at least what NCES likes to tout is that this, there's security behind going with a computer-based testing platform. So that's definitely a reason. Um, there's a lot of other reasons too. I think another reason is uh, for customer, I mean, for students that are gonna take this, there's more flexibility on when they can take it um, and uh, just getting that scheduled for them to come and take that at a testing center that works for them. Uh, you can take it more often, which is nice for students. You know, we're so used to it. We've been ingrained that the PE exams only offered twice a year and now we can take it a couple more times uh, in a 12 month period. So there's a variety of reasons and also with obviously the pandemic and COVID, this thing has been accelerated to go computer-based. And um, there's reasons for that too. So I think you don't have a, a huge audience. You don't have a ton of students in a conference center being moved in like a herd of cattle anymore <laughs> and trying to find a spot. And the, you know, there's some safety around that as well. When If we ever had another pandemic um, some other time in the future, they can really try to uh, keep people safe by having it in a smaller testing center and really following health and safety protocols that way too. So there's a, a, a huge variety of reasons why they're going this way. And it's been coming for many years, uh, starting with the FE exam and slowly getting to the PE exam. We've all been waiting, waiting for it. I agree. And then, you know, it was kind of a shock when they not a huge shock, but when they moved it up a year, it was like, ooh, you know, preparation is not only for people getting ready to take the exam, but also for, you know, exam prep providers. You know, you yeah. had to kind of 
kind of get to moving. So uh, that was a fun experience for sure. Um, you know, they started slowly knocking off the exams, right? FE and then the smaller PE started going and it was just a matter of time. So uh, it's exciting. It's here. I believe the first uh, testing date available is January the 2nd. So they even accelerated that because originally it was scheduled for April. Right. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I mean, everything's been accelerated and getting this out the door. And I, 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 I think that dealing with COVID and conference centers and state's own rules was just a big mess for the NCES. And they wanted to get this out the door as soon as possible because they didn't have to worry about testing centers closing down in, in specific states and moving students to different locations. Like that, that the COVID stuff really put a, a hamper on the, the whole testing adventure and, and students were frustrated too finding out either they couldn't get into a conference center or they had, if they wanted to take the exam, they were moved. And so they've been preparing for five, six months now and it right. just didn't happen. So there's a, you know, those are all good reasons to, to move this a little quicker into the CBT format. I agree. And then, you know, frustration is a big thing. You know, I mean, the pandemic was was a big enough toll on everybody on, it, on its own. And then you had the cancellation of the exam. Uh, what last spring and then um, October, California people couldn't take it. Um, so you know, you think about it, no new engineers for almost a whole year for the, right. for the state of California. So hopefully this will alleviate uh, that. And then also you said uh, a lot of safety concerns can be addressed as well. So it's exciting. I think at the same time might be a little bit scary. Um, so maybe can you give the audience maybe some advice on you know how to how to approach an exam, paper pencil versus CBT. Um, well, I think there's a few things that you have to keep in mind. And a lot of engineers have this ingrained in their head too, that, you know, the exam's always been open book when we, when we had that. And now, um, it's not completely closed book. You're still going to have access to the NCS handbook. You'll also have access to codes that are specific to your own depth exam. Now, what's surprising, at least the, what I've discovered is that, um, there was always one or two depth subjects that um, didn't require any codes. It used mm -hmm. to be geotech and water resources. Now they all have a code that is referenced for your depth exam. So you can't get away from finding an exam that doesn't have a code associated with it. So in order to prepare for a CBT exam versus a uh, paper-based, that's that's the first thing is, you know, the resources that you've got at your disposal and understanding what you what you have understanding how uh, you can use those tools as it goes computer-based. You're going to have your exam on the right side and, and these codes and, and the handbook on the left side, know how to use the search functions, know, know that material very well. So you can uh, lean on that because uh, it's going to be the only thing you have. Um, the other thing, you know, as it goes computer-based is that they introduce those alternative item type questions, which seem to bother a lot of people when they hear that. Uh, but the truth of the, the matter is that the majority of the exam is still going to be uh, multiple choice. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to be all alternative type questions, every other question, you know. But those are still things that you want to keep in mind as you're maybe practicing exams um, or looking at problems is that you maybe want to think about, well, how could they ask this problem differently that aligns with these alternative item type questions? And and we can talk about those either uh, later, but you know you have to prepare a little bit differently going from the paper-based to this computer-based computer, computer -based exam for sure. 
Absolutely. You touch on an interesting subject. So, yeah, let's continue with that. So the AITs, you know, new additions when the CBT, can you maybe give it a, an overview of the different types of AITs that they might come across on the exam, but also how you kind of touched on it, how you approach it while you're studying to tackle those AITs that you'll come across? Yeah, I mean, this is my own, opin uh, my own opinion, but I think that um, multiple choice still gets the job done. Uh, what they're doing now is because it's computer-based, you can use a mouse to and point and click and do different things now that they didn't have access to with the paper-based exam. But those same questions could be rolled up into a multiple-choice answer as well. But now we're we're going to throw it at you a little bit differently, uh, you know, just to test, you know, mix things up and test you a little bit differently uh, to test your engineering knowledge. So, yeah, there's a few different types of questions they can ask you now. There's um, drag and drop where you can drag an answer into or things into specific spots. There's select all that applies. So it doesn't just have to be four, four answers anymore, A, B, C, D. It could be multiple things mm -hmm. and you need to select which items are what. There's a point and click. So if maybe if you had a graph or something, you might have to click on something uh, to, to show where the answer is. And then my favorite is fill in the blank. <laughs> And who knows how many significant figures there might be there, but you know, you got to put something in there. <laughs> That's a good, a uh, good breakdown of the different type of AITs. So, you know, even before civil went CBT, you know, I got a lot of questions from whether they're electrical chemical students about, well, now the exam is, is closed book. Is it easier or harder? And, you know, just, when I remember going, when I was in school, whenever someone would have an open book exam, all the students, all my buddies, would be like, oh, this is going to be the easiest exam ever. And I was like, well, I don't think so. I said, because now the professor is probably expecting you to get some things right because you have access to, to an open book. So what are your, what's your opinion? Easier or harder? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, there's two things that come out of this. Um, one is that you students are going to be extremely focused on the material that they have on hand. And so in that sense, I think the exam is easier and that you don't, you're not going to bring in a suitcase full of books. You don't have to look at every single reference or practice exam that you have at your disposal because you just can't bring those in anymore. So I think your efforts and your focus is going to be extremely laser focused like and mm -hmm. that's a good thing. And I think in that sense, it makes the exam easier. Um, are the questions going to be easier? I, I don't think the questions are going to be easier. Um, and, and here's the other side of the coin is that I also don't think that uh, the reference handbook and the codes should be the only thing that you should be studying from as well. So instead of people saying, oh, I don't I don't need any other reference material anymore. Um, that's not completely true. And I hate to break that to people, <laughs> because if you go look at that handbook, it's just a list of equations and graphs what's, you know, are, are you going to learn from that? Like you need something to teach you this stuff. And so, you know, you've guys got a school P has got good books and those are still great resources that you're still going to be leaning on and courses uh, to really learn the material. So in my mind, I think that it actually added another layer uh, of study material mm -hmm. that you're going to have to know. And, and obviously that handbook is going to be your go-to source for all your equations, but you still need some things that are going to help explain those things to you, especially if you've been out of school for some time.
Right. So that was a long answer. It's a good answer. What do you think? I agree with you. And, and I'm glad you kind of touched on it because it's funny. It's like, you know, when I'm talking to students about a computer-based exam, I tell them, like, look, your only friend on game day is going to be the reference handbook. That's all you have access to. But it's not going to be your only friend while preparing for the exam. And they're like, no, no, no. If it's not in the handbook, they're not, you don't need to know it. And so it's nice to hear from you as well, kind of bring your perspective on, yeah, you're going to need to know things that are outside of the handbook. Um, so I think sometimes people think in the sense that, oh, yeah, I just need to know what's in these 400 pages. Yeah. And this is hard because um, the handbook is brand new. And so you're going to have a first round of people that's going to have to use that and learn from it. And the NCES, uh, NCES updates this often and frequent. And so they might not have everything um, that is on the exam. They always put a disclaimer on there that they can ask stuff outside of what's in there. I do think they'll try to keep, you know, obviously to, to what they're giving you uh, in that book. But um you know, in my own just glance through and look through things, there's just a lot of stuff that uh, used to be on the paper-based exam that I'm not finding in the handbook, mm -hmm. um, you know, where you had other references you could turn to to get equations and help on. It's just not going to be found in that handbook anymore. So, you know, the question is, do you have to commit some stuff to memory now? And you probably, you know, you might. And that's that's fine. I don't think we should be scared of this going CBT at all. And I think if you prepare right and you're still using the resources that are available even right now, um, you're going to be well prepared to take the CBT exam. Um, the beauty of the the new exam is also that the specs didn't really change. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same format. So the material is going to be virtually, you know, the way it's been. So, you know, get familiar with how it, they administer the exam, get really familiar with um, the codes that they are now telling you you need to know, and they think you're you're going to be okay. You know, get a lot of practice problems under your belt, get get some additional material, but um, don't be don't be going into the exam being worried about it and being scared about it. You know, go in with confidence, knowing you've prepared, you've practiced a lot of problems, and, and I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, great. Help, very helpful information. And I, I think you're right. A positive attitude walking into the exam hall is important. You don't want to walk in feeling defeated because you might, you know, not perform as well as you actually could. So very helpful advice. Um, one other question, you know, I also get to is about time management. And, you know, sometimes I've been amazed when I talk to students and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm taking in a whole suitcase worth of books. I'm like, well, that's great. I said, just, you know, make sure you tab your material so that way you're not spending a lot of time flipping through pages trying to find things. So do you think time management becomes any less important now that you know you only have the one reference to go through? I don't. I think time management is always a key on these exams, and students are always surprised uh, about time and dealing with that um, and learning how to put pressure on yourself way beforehand before you go into these e exams is, is really key to being successful and taking them uh, because if you don't give yourself that uh, pressure and and then you go into the exam, you're going to be surprised or you're going to be take, you know, you're going to st start solving a problem that's very difficult and say it took you 10 minutes and then you've left all these other easy ones that you could have gotten through. Um, and, and you don't want to be, you know, guessing on a huge volume of, of problems. So I think time management is still going to be key. If the FE is any example of that, that it, it is still something uh, of an issue that students need to be aware of. 
and that they need to, like I say, go through practice exams, uh, really set up an environment that's going to help you uh, find success and putting pressure on yourself mm -hmm. well before you go into the exam uh, during test day. That's yeah, some great advice. So now that the last paper and pencil is in the books, done, moved on to a new, a new format here coming in January. Have you fielded a lot of questions from people that are wondering, okay, well, what have you, what are you doing to help prepare? Or have you made some changes to the existing courses to prepare for the CBT? I know the syllabus and that hasn't changed, but maybe some approach might be different to how your courses might be running. Yes. I mean, every course creator and you, you guys are doing this too. It's like everybody expects you to flip a switch as soon as the spec changes or, you know, there's new material that we need to reference. It's hard to steer that ship sometimes. And we can only move as fast as we can move. But like I said, yeah, the beauty is that that, that spec didn't change. So that material that's still mm -hmm. out there is still really good. And engineering concepts just don't change that much uh, over like there's only so many engineering concepts that you can test on. And so those don't change. But the things that are going to change um, and that I can see instructors and course creators, things of this nature um, that that is going to change is that we'll probably need to reference sections in the new handbook. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where people should have their head when they're looking for equations or even identify that, hey, this isn't in there uh, anymore, or that you might want to commit something to memory uh, that used to be uh, in reference handbooks or whatnot that maybe isn't showing up in there anymore. But you know it's a common question that, that usually hits the, the PE exam. So uh, I think um, those are things. Another thing is um, I think course creators want to try to mimic the testing environment. So you'll probably mm -hmm. see uh, more computer-based type of applications or a testing environment where you're trying to give people a, a, a live simulation of what that exam, exam might feel like for them. Um, so that's something that you'll probably see as well. Um, those are my thoughts. What do you think, Chris? I agree with you. And you know, you're in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. So um, we actually have a, a CBT class starting Monday. So, uh, but you're right. It doesn't, it's not flipping a switch. Um, even when you think you have everything planned out, some monkey wrench is going to come into it. For example, last year they uh, they updated the, the uh, FE syllabus, and they I think the 10.1 handbook was supposed to come in in July 1st or something. Mm -hmm. And so we updated our materials, you know, reference the 10.1 da 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 syllabus before July 1st even happened. 10.1, I think 10.01 came out. And I mean, there was probably no page number change or anything, but people are like, wait, wait, wait a second here. You're referencing 10.1 and now it's 10 point, you know, dot, dot. And so it's just amazing how like freaked out people get when just the, maybe the most minute changes occur. Yeah. So this is something I try to drill on students. Like it's on them to put paper to pencil and solve problems. Like we can reference as much as we can, uh, but they're gonna be the ones that have to actually find this in those books. And we can't, you know, we can't keep up with as fast as the changes are made. That's just, uh, it's very hard to do. And there is an effort, you know, that is done, but uh, it is hard hard to do. It's hard to steer that ship, you know, Great. when when things are moving. So. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you're off a page number or whatnot, you know, be a little forgiving of these course creators. And at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're the one that needs to know where that is in the material. So open it up, you know, and try to find that because you'll be better off for just 
doing that little exercise yourself <laughs> uh, because you're the one that needs to know where it is at the end of the day. Absolutely agree. I mean, I remember, so let's say something was on page 71 in the 10.1. And so I remember getting a call and they're like, oh, no, 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 you're, you're completely wrong. I said, did you look on page 74? No. I mean, sure enough, there it is. So you're right. They're the ones that, you know, are, need to do the work. Um, you know, we do whatever we can to make sure that everything's up to date. But I mean, when you're, when on-plan changes happen, it, it's difficult to steer that ship. And, uh, you know, we do the best that we can. Um, but I do agree, uh, maybe one of the biggest changes even to our format is making sure that the course materials reference the sections for the um, NCS reference handbook, um, just so that way you're familiar with the how to navigate through the book. That way you're not spending a lot of time during the exams. I mean, like, where the heck is all this stuff? Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited to talk to people that maybe are brave enough to take the exam on January 2nd. Be a great way to uh, kick in the new year. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that goes. I agree with you. I, I did a little bit of a poll and I was anticipating that many people would be discouraged by the CBT exam. But what I'm actually finding is that a lot of people are encouraged about it going CBT. Uh, a lot of the newer students are coming from taking the FE exam, right. which is computer based. So they're very familiar with how that is in the in the type of questions. Some of the old school guys, you know, we're still stuck in the paper based zone. But um, people that come from taking the FE, they are very comfortable with the format and they look forward to not having to bring a suitcase full of books and reference material that excites them. And um, a lot of people do wonder if it's going to be easier. And some people have asked if when it goes CBT, is it going to be a six hour exam instead of an eight hour exam? And that's that's not the case. So we're going to have to <laughs> put the disappointment on that one. It'd be nice to just cut off a few hours out of that exam. That's for sure. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. I, I tell people, a lot of people, I tell them like, you've been through this. It's not your first rodeo. You took the FE when it was computer based. So it's just a different exam, but the, the same format. But I think you know, change scares everybody, I think. Um, but I'm in the same boat with you in the sense that I'm surprised how many people are ready to go. Um, you know, like I said, we have a class start Monday. I'm like, wait a second, where are all these people coming from? I thought most people would maybe sit out the round and maybe you know, try to hear from friends or colleagues on, you know, what to expect from the exam. But I think a lot of people are just going head, you know, diving both feet into the water and uh, sink or swim. Go. So, yeah, might yeah well. I think it's a good thing. I, you know, I think the NCS has historically seen a dip of registered students when they switched the, uh, to CBT. And, you know, I think people are cautious about jumping into that so quickly. But I think people that have got the, the FE under the belt, like we said, they're already familiar with it. So what, you know, why not just jump into it? And with the new format, um, you can take the exam up to three times in a, in a 12 month period, once per quarter. Mm -hmm. um, and there's obviously some state regulations as to how right. many times you can repeat the exam. So you'll have to figure that out for your own state. But that's kind of nice, you know, to know that if I fell, I could take this exam maybe in two months, you know, and, and try again versus waiting six months uh, to try it, try it again, you know, keep right. things fresh, find out where my mistakes were and let's go again. I agree. I mean, you know, like before, like, let's say you didn't pass the April exam, you're, you're, you're done till October, but now it's like, you know, you fall off the horse, you get right back on. And, you know, for example, you know, I teach one of the PMP courses and that was one of the benefits of that exam is you, let's say you take the exam on a Monday, you don't pass it. 
you can go back tomorrow and take it. So there's no more, you know, waiting and, and wondering what to do. And then also maybe starting to doubt maybe what you did previously. This way you just fall off, get right back on. So I got an interesting, maybe an interesting question for you. So let's say I was studying for the paper pencil. I had my strategies, my techniques, and then I, I sat the last paper pencil out. And now I'm going to go ahead and take the CBT. Should I kind of just throw out everything that I was doing and maybe find a new game plan to approach this? Or can I stick with my uh, original plan? I mean, I wouldn't change a thing about what you're doing. The study schedule that you've committed to, um, I would keep it rolling. The only thing you need to put into place now is getting to know that handbook. And you've probably already been studying the codes for the more, most part. And so let's find out if there's anything additional there that they might have added. Uh, a lot of times um, they add codes, but really it's just a statement and a problem that they've they've quoted or referenced. And so maybe you're thinking, I need to know the whole reference or code or standard, but really it's something you kind of already have known already. They just need to document that we're going to use a code for, for some of the questions. And um, so, no, I, I wouldn't change much at all about what you're doing. If you've just recently taken the paper base, you feel like you probably didn't catch, get that one. I'd get back on it, go take the CBT and keep your study schedule going. The specs, the same, uh, the problems are, you know, they're engineering problems. They're not going to be way out of, out of touch with what, what they've got there. And you'll be, I think you'll be okay. Very good. So let me ask, so when you took your FE, was it CBT or paper pencil? When I took it, it was still paper. It okay. was the old Scantron. And in fact, when I took it, um, man, I can't believe how many years it's been now. <laughs> it changes so fast. <laughs> when I took it, um, you could change your exam like on the fly while you were sitting there. So, you know, when I took the FE, you chose whether you were going to do um, general civil or general general. Oh. And, and, you know, before you sat down and took the exam, if you wanted to change your exam in the middle of it, you could, you could do that. <laughs> so, uh, they don't let you do that anymore. Uh, when you register, you have to choose what you're going to do. Um, and you're committed to it. In fact, now, if you do change it, they're going to hit you with a, a fee to change, change your exam. Right. So it, um, it would be cool though. of that. If, you know, you're sitting down taking the transportation exam and you're like, wait a second, no, I yes. think I'm going to swap over to water resources. <laughs> I mean, and then if you could just carry over the first half of that exam, that'd be even better. Um, yeah. that, that's pretty funny, actually. So have you fielded a lot of the, maybe, what are the more common questions that maybe you've uh, fielded over at the Civil Engineering Academy regarding the, the exam change? Um, you know, obviously the reference material of people should be worried about, um, you know, how, how their study habits, similar to what we talked about earlier. Um, and just like the general format of things, you know, the, the exam uh, cost, the testing center, how do we, how do we get going with that? Um, and like I just mentioned earlier, if, you know, if you register for this exam and you change your mind, uh, they're going to ding you with, with the cost to do that. So, you know, uh, my advice would be to, you know, know what know what depth exam you want to take and let's commit to it because every time you change your mind, you're going to pay for it. And even if you cancel and reschedule your exam, unless it's a really good reason, uh, they're going to ding you for, for that as well. But yeah, the reference material, uh, the, the handbook, um, usually like how are, how are your courses going to be updated, you know, to meet the new handbook and, and the specs, uh, things of that nature. Um, 
I'm trying to think of some other ones that have come in recently, but those are the the main ones mm -hmm. I get very frequently. Very yeah, pretty much uh, same questions. So here's an interesting. We talked about flexibility earlier. You know, mm -hmm. flexibility of being able to change your exam date. So do you see that flexibility as being good and bad? Meaning like, you know, let's say I'm going to take my exam June 30th. So I set up my study plan and all of a sudden I'm like, eh, I can always move it. So what are the pluses and minuses? Yeah, this is a, a plus and a minus because mm -hmm. it's human nature. Like if you can commit to a deadline, mm -hmm. it's human nature to, you know, get prepared for that deadline. But now knowing that you can just kick that can down the road all the time, people end up feeling like, well, I'm getting close to the exam period but I'm not prepared for it. So I'm going to keep kicking it down the road. Uh, it was kind of nice when it was only twice a year. You know what I mean? Right. Like you had to commit to that because if you missed it, you were out for a long, long time. Right. And now because it's offered so often, people do kick, kick that can down the road uh, quite frequently, but that's not what I would recommend to people to do. I, you know, if you're going to commit to a date, let's commit to the date. And, you know, just like I did in college where you kind of cram for the exam the last second or you prepare your English paper the last week it's due or whatever it is, that's human nature. So let's, you know, let's try to not do that. Let's just start, you know, if, you, if you've been out of school forever, let's give yourself more time. If stuff is still a little fresh of mind, then you probably need less time. But I would commit to a date and really try to stick to it. I agree. I think in this case, flexibility is not maybe the, the best thing, but um, it's there if you need it. But I do recommend as you do, you set a date, you got a game plan, get to it and get through that finish line. So, you know, we've had some fun talking about the transition of the, you know, civil exam to CBT. Um, I kind of want to have a little bit more fun with it. I know you're in Utah. So yeah. what kind of things you like doing out there, especially now that winter is coming? Are you a skier? I do like to ski. Uh, I have four kids that keep me busy. So oh, between wow. it all, it's like, you know, I'm just juggling all over the place. But <laughs> last year we took our, I have twins. Oh, and wow. I took the twins up and uh, we had them put in some ski lessons. It was really fun to watch them start learning how to do it. And so I would ski occasionally too. Uh, my wife is a snowboarder and a, oh, wow. and a skier. Apparently snowboarding is easier on your knees, apparently. So oh, I didn't know that. Keep that in mind if you're going right. to learn that. It sucks to like the first week that you try snowboarding, you're going to hate it. But once you get it, 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 you're just cruising down that mountain. Really? You know, <laughs> I'm from uh, I'm from Southern California. So I used to do the boogie boarding and surfboarding. So would the mm. surfboarding technique carry over to the snowboarding? Or oh, I bet it would be very natural to you to jump on a, a snow, a snowboard because the, the feet lay out, whether, you, you know, your goofy foot or not. Right. Um, and all of that kind of would translate. So. So if I was a horrible surfer, I'm probably not going to be a very good snowboarder as well. Oh, it's different. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just stay on that bunny hill. Oh, that's true. Also, one thing I don't mind a big fan of skiing for is those darn trees come really quick. Oh, yeah. That's if you're doing like black diamonds and, you know, um, you stay, on, stay on the groom trails. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'll do that. So are you a Utah Jazz fan? Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. Well, you know, we got a new owner uh, with Ryan and taking things. We got Dwayne Wade is over here now. I mean, he's a part owner. So they had a heck of a run last year. Game's right? on, man. Yeah, yeah I'm a big fan of the Utah Jazz. I'm always wearing the hats, even on podcasts and shows. <laughs> I, uh, 
Uh, I don't know why. I played. Uh, they have little league games here. When I was smaller, little, I played basketball, and I played in what they called junior jazz. And it's kind of this, uh, you know, recreation games for younger kids to play in. And so they give you a free jazz ticket. You go watch a jazz game. But I've just always enjoyed watching the jazz and, uh, you know, the John Stockton and Carl Malone. And don't get and, me started uh, on them. Good old Jordan crushing oh. my dreams. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm from Southern California. I grew up a Laker fan, you know, Magic and Worthy and all them. And I watched all the great battles of Stockton, Malone. And they were great, great runs. And then now you guys are on a, a great run. So I'm thinking this for you, Isaac, you being a jazz fan, I'm being a Laker fan. Let's say at the end of the season, if the Lakers finish with a better record than the Jazz, then you come on a podcast wearing a Laker jersey or a <laughs> Laker hat. I do the same thing if the Jazz top the have a better record than Lakers. I'll wear uh, some Utah Jazz. Uh, That's an easy bet to make. You got it. <laughs> I mean, right the now the Lakers have a great start. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think they're one and two. Uh, I think that science experiment they have there might blow up, but we'll see. So I'm going to mark my calendar and I'm going to put you on the books for uh, having to wear some Lakers gear. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate you coming out here, spending some time with us and, you know, talking CBT. Um, before we get going, is there any last bit of advice you would give someone that's getting ready to take that exam come January 2? Yeah. Um, you know, get, get prepared, get lots of practice problems, take a course as you need it. Um, I'm a big advocate for taking courses. And go in with confidence. Don't be scared of this exam. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, attitude in this exam is probably like 90% of the problem with a lot of students. So go in with confidence that you've practiced hard and, you know, you need to do that. But once you're done, you know, go in with confidence that you've done what you can do and having a good attitude, even if you are a repeat taker multiple times, you know, I know as people do repeat this multiple times, it really just gets them down um, and they go in with a terrible attitude and uh, we got to get over that. So I'm a repeat taker myself. I can promise you that you can do this, um, you know, get the resources that are going to help you and, uh, you know, you'll be good. Well, that's a great advice. And again, I appreciate you coming out here and spending some time with you. I'd love to have you back. I'd uh, love to have you back before the end of the NBA season. That way we're both wearing what we want to wear. Um, so, but to everyone else out there, we'll see you next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. See ya.